You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you tonight, and we give you praise and honor and glory for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. Thank you so much, Lord, for all that Jesus has done for us. Thank you for his shed blood, the price that he paid. Thank you that he has redeemed us, he has delivered us, saved us, healed us, set us free. And Father, I thank you for the, the privilege that we have to be able to walk in all of that. And Father, I thank you that we've gathered tonight around your word. And Father, we approach your word with honor and with reverence. And we thank you, Lord, to feed us and to we endeavor to receive from your word. And we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit uh, to teach and to lead and guide us into all truth and to bring revelation and insight we thank you for it, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to encourage you, if you can, at some point, not necessarily right now, but later on, uh, maybe if you can, download the notes, uh, because these notes, uh, we're definitely not going to cover all of this tonight. So this, these notes will uh, last us for probably two or three weeks. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And as we've been saying, the word gifts there in the New King James and the Old King James is italicized because the translators added it. And so really what the Apostle Paul, of course, writing by the Holy Spirit is saying now concerning spiritual things or spiritual uh, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And uh, in the Bible in basic English, I just love this translation of the verse. It says, but, I, but about the things of the spirit, my brothers, it is not right for you to be without teaching. And so that's why we're endeavoring uh, for, uh, this is week four, by the way, of this series on the Holy Spirit. And we're endeavoring to do this. I, I, the Lord laid on my heart some time ago to take time every year to teach on the Holy Spirit and to look at all the different aspects of his ministry. We've, we've talked about uh, the Spirit's work within us. We've talked about the Spirit, his work when he comes upon us. And uh, we'll talk more about those things a little later on when we talk about um, the fruit of the Spirit. And then I want to also teach you some things on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we'll talk about that in future lessons. But uh, you're there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's jump down to verse 4. And what we want to do tonight is we want to begin looking at the gifts of the Spirit. We want to begin looking at the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. And, and a couple of reasons for this is, as I've been saying to you, you cannot flow in something you do not know and understand. And, and also the other thing I want us to realize is this, there's kind of a misunderstanding in the body of Christ, uh, misbelief maybe, and, and that is this, is that the gifts of the Spirit are reserved for those who are in, in the fivefold ministry, our full-time ministry, or our pulpit ministry. And that absolutely is not true. The gifts and manifestations of the Spirit uh, of course, are as the Holy Spirit wills. We'll see that in just a moment. But they are uh, available for every believer because God has called us all to the ministry. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says that we have all been called to the ministry of reconciliation. So every one of us are called to the ministry. Now, not everybody is called to a pulpit ministry. Not everybody is called to one of the fivefold ministries or full-time ministry, but we're all called to be ministers. And so therefore God wants these gifts and manifestations to work throughout the entire body of Christ, not just an elect few. So there in uh, verse four, it says this, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. 
There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. The Old King James says operations. But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith, or as the Amplified Bible says, special faith uh, by the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, oh, excuse me, uh, to another faith or special faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different or diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And verse 11 says this, But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now it's very, very important for all of us to remember that these gifts and manifestations happen as the Holy Spirit wills, not as we will. And uh, you know, there, uh, these, these things do not take place whenever we want them to, they take place as the Holy Spirit wants them to, okay? So just keep that in mind. Now let me share some things with you about the ways and the moving of the Spirit. Just some general knowledge things so that you begin to understand this. And uh, here's the first thing, and that is this. When the Holy Spirit is moving, Jesus will be the only one being lifted up. Jesus will be the only one that's getting the glory. So if you're ever in an environment of service or whatever the case might be, and seemingly the Holy Ghost is moving, but a person, a man, is being lifted up, then it is not the Holy Spirit that's moving. Uh, the Holy Spirit will always lift up and glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, look, Go back with me to John chapter 16, please. John chapter 16. And let's look at verses 13 and 14. John 16, verses 13 and 14. And the scripture says this, however, Jesus speaking, by the way, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Now, verse 14, look at this. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit will do everything uh, that he can when he is moving and when he is operating in order to glorify and point to the Lord Jesus. And so just important uh, to remember that. So um, I can tell you this, if you ever... If God ever uses you in a situation, and I pray that he does, but if he ever uses you in a situation, one of the quickest ways to shut that down is to begin to think it's something about you, that you're the one that's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, you're all that and a bag of chips, okay? That is not the case, all right? It's just, you know, we are vessels that the Holy Spirit works through. So very important to remember that. Here's the second thing I want you to know. And that is this, the Word, the Word of God, the written Word of God, and the Holy Spirit will always agree and never conflict with one another. Okay, so the Word of God, the written Word of God, and the Holy Spirit will always agree and never conflict with one another. You're not going to find the Holy Spirit moving in a service and saying things uh, through somebody that is contrary to the written word of God, okay? Now, people, we'll see in just a minute, people make mistakes, but the Holy Spirit does not. He never makes mistakes. He does. The scripture says in the Old Testament that, that God does all things well, okay? And he does all things right, okay? So you'll never find the Holy Spirit and the word of God out of alignment and agreement. Over in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, 
1 John chapter 5 and verse 7 says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. In other words, there are three that agree together in heaven. The Father, the Word, and what's another name for the Word? Jesus. Jesus, right. The Father, the Word of the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Okay, so we see that all three, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, are 100% of the time going to be at, at, in agreement with each other. You're not going to find one, of the, one member of the Godhead conflicting with uh, other members of the Godhead. Okay? Now, here's a, 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 another thing I want you to know, and that is this. A perfect Holy Spirit desires to move through imperfect people. A perfect Holy Spirit desires to move through imperfect people. Now, you're not going to find anybody more perfect than the Spirit of God. But thank God He desires to move through imperfect people. People, uh, all of us, no matter where we are in our spiritual growth, none of us have arrived. But thank God, God still wants to use us. I'm so grateful for that because if perfection was the qualification for us to be used by God, none of us would be used by the Lord. Uh, Jesus would have been the only one that qualified for that. But thank God he doesn't work that way. While he's working in us and moving in us and changing us, he still wants to use us to minister to other people. All right? Now, in the New Testament, here's the next thing I want you to know. In the New Testament, the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to see in our study where there were manifestations of the Spirit uh, in operation in the Old Testament as the Holy Spirit would come on men and women in those days. But in the New Testament, the way that we enter into the deeper things of the Holy Spirit is through and by receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Remember, he's talking to born-again people when he said that. And so, and let me just cut to this punchline, and that is this. The gifts of the Spirit, the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit are mainly designed for ministry to other people, not ministry to you, okay? So just keep that in mind. Now, and the last thing that I want you to know is this, that believers who have not been uh, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit can still be used by God to minister to other people. Okay, so we're not saying because we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we're the only ones that can be used by God to minister to other people. Listen, I and and you know I, I'm gonna mention a denomination, but I have I've have sat and listened to some of the most anointed messages uh, from the Word of God through a Baptist minister, you know, one who did not and had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so God can still use people that have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. However, there's a depth to these things that they won't be able to enter into without that. Okay? Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and by the way, gifts and manifestation is an interchangeable word. So the gifts of the Spirit can be categorized or organized in three different categories, okay? Now, they're not listed this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, but if you study them out, you'll see that they're categorized and broken down in these three categories. So the first category is this. There are three gifts. Some people call them inf inspirational gifts. Some people call them vocal gifts. Some people call them utterance gifts. 
But in other words, a good way to say it is these three gifts say something. They say, they vocalize, they verbalize something. Okay, so they're, the first category is three gifts that say something. They are the gift of prophecy. Number two, diverse kinds of tongues. And number three, interpretation of tongues. So the three gifts that say something are the simple gift of prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And I'm going to give definitions of these as we get into this. Okay. Now the second. Uh huh. Can can you please repeat the third one, please, sir? Interpretation of tongues. Thank you, sir. Sure. All right, so that's the three gifts that say something. They're, they vocalize, they verbalize, all right? There are three gifts. The next category are three gifts that reveal something, or they're often called revelation gifts because they bring revelation by the Holy Spirit. Three gifts that reveal something. Number one, the word of wisdom Number two, the word of knowledge. And number three, the discerning of spirits. Again, I'm going to define all of these, but I want you to understand these categories as we get into them. So again, the three gifts that bring revelation or reveal something, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And then lastly, the third category are three gifts that do something. They're action. Three gifts that do something. And they are, number one, the gift of faith or special faith as the Amplified. I like that. The working of miracles. and gifts of healings. Both of those words are plural. So three gifts that do something, the gift of faith or special faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. Okay, so that's the, the nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit as they're divided up into those three categories. On the vocal gifts, you said vocal, inspirational, and what was the third word? Uh, utterance. Okay. That they all say something, kind of a summer summarize it. Okay. Okay. Everybody got those nine and broken down in those three categories. Okay. All right. So let's begin looking at the gifts of the spirit that say something. The utterance gifts. Okay. And I'm going to begin with. The, uh, the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. The gift of diverse kinds of tongues. And a simple definition of this, and by the way, this is the same definition of our supernatural ability to pray in the Spirit or pray in other tongues, is simply this. The gift of diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. A supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. And Go ahead, Yvonne. Is that an unknown tongue to us or unknown period? No, I was going to, it could be both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to add in just a second that it's unknown to the speaker. Uh, now, and, and I have been in services where uh, there has, has been a message in tongues that was given and uh, it was actually in a known language of someone who was present in the room but unknown to everybody else and God did that to supernaturally speak to this person who could understand that language. Okay, uh, For instance, I heard an illustration. Now, I, haven't, I didn't experience this, but I heard this testimony uh, that there was a Hebrew man who was not saved, 
that uh, attended a service and in the service there was a, a message in tongues that was given that happened to be in Hebrew and uh, there was no interpretation that was given to that. But this young man, it was God speaking to this young man and spoke some very specific things in Hebrew to this young man to the point where it was undeniable to him that God had spoken to him. And therefore, as a result of that, long story short, he ended up getting born again that night. And so God ministered to him in that way. So the gift of diverse kinds of tongues, and diverse just means different. The gift of different kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue, and it's unknown to the speaker. Unknown to the speaker. It's not learned by the speaker, okay? And uh, not necessarily understood by the hearer, okay? Now, the Bible makes reference to this, that uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul wrote and said, though I speak with the tongue of men, tongues of men and angels. I believe sometimes that there are, uh, you know, people that receive uh, in, their, in their prayer language uh, the ability to speak in a supernatural language that's not known anywhere on earth, okay? Just by virtue of what Paul said. Now, this particular gift um, is probably the most prominent because we see it displayed the most, both in our private prayer time and in public services, okay? And uh, as we said last week in talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one thing to, to uh, understand is that, it, that this gift, both in our private prayer time and in public service, this gift is reserved for this church age, the age that we're in now since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we have no evidence nor any record of this happening in the Old Testament whatsoever, okay? Now, speaking in tongues has nothing to do with linguistic ability, all right? Meaning, you can't go take a class and learn how to speak in tongues, all right? You know, I've heard, I actually heard somebody say this not too long ago, a few months ago, that what they, and this was a denominational man that said this, that what happened on the day of Pentecost is that God gave those people supernatural ability to speak in the languages of those people that attended, uh, were attending the Feast of Pentecost so that they could get saved. But it didn't, it, that ended there. It didn't happen anymore after that. And I was like, well, no, that's, that's not the case either. Um, and of course, this denomination doesn't believe in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, it was a one-time experience that happened just on the day of Pentecost just to help those foreign people out, all right? That's, that's not the case, okay? So what, what, what you need to understand is that it is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue to the speaker and most likely to the hearer, all right? Now that's just a general overview of that particular gift. Now the second gift or utterance gift is the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now here's the definition of that. It is a supernatural revealing of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural revealing of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. One more time, it is a supernatural revealing of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. Now, I use the word revealing very much on purpose because interpretation of tongues is not translation. Interpretation of tongues is literally the Holy Spirit revealing to you what was said by someone or yourself as you spoke or they spoke in other tongues. And it is not a word-for-word -word translation. Like if, if you were a missionary in some place where they spoke Spanish and you had a translator, 
That would be word-for-word translation. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural revealing by the Holy Spirit of what was said in other tongues into the language of the hearers. In other words, the person who is interpreting by the Holy Spirit reveals to the person or congregation what was said in other tongues. Now, the purpose of this gift is simply this to render the gift of tongues understandable to the hearers so that everybody can be edified by it. Okay? So the purpose of this gift is to take what the Holy Spirit did and spoke forth in other tongues and to make it understandable by the hearer or hearers so that they can be blessed by it and edified by it. Okay? All right. Now, um, what what's a great blessing about this gift is it not only uh, interprets it for the benefit of the congregation or whoever's listening, it interprets it for the benefit of the person who spoke it. Uh, which you know, if you've ever been used in that way, you know that when you have given a, a message in tongues or spoken out in other tongues in a service or to someone uh, that you had no idea what you were saying. And so therefore you weren't blessed by it unless you received the interpretation. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, you're there in in 12. Go over to chapter 14 and look at verse 3 for just a moment. Excuse me, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 14, 13. And I, I just want to share this with you because this could be helpful for you in your private prayer time as you spend time praying in other tongues, and that is this. Paul said this, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, the application of this is both in a private environment and a public environment. Okay? Now, the reason that very often diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues work together is because the Holy Spirit is endeavoring to bless and to encourage and to edify everybody that's in that environment. So you'll find both of these gifts working together most of the time. And so let's talk about, in a a public setting, let's talk about in your private uh, prayer time, you know, you can pray and ask God if you're if you know that you're interceding for something, or you know that the Spirit of God is moving on your heart, and and you're praying about something. You can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to interpret your prayer for you. Now, there are uh, there's a big op- uh, a big chance that He won't, okay, uh, or He may not. That's up to Him. So don't get mad at the Holy Spirit if you don't get an interpretation of what you're praying in other tongues. Again, sometimes we need to pray in other tongues just simply out of obedience and faith to the Holy uh, to the Heavenly Father and by the Holy Ghost uh, just because we need to do that, not so that we can uh, be edified by knowing what we prayed for. All right? But... It is available, and you can ask, all right? Now, I just wanted to say that. There is interpretation of tongues in your private prayer times and interpretation of tongues in a corporate setting, okay? So in your private time, there could be revelation that comes forth. You know, it might not be the way that it functions in a public setting where you have an utterance of tongues and then an interpretation in, in English. It might work where... Uh, in your private time, if you've asked the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to reveal to you what you've been praying, the interpretation of that, it might be a revelation that comes to you. It might be uh, something that rises up out of your spirit in the sense that, um, you know, it could be something that you see in your spirit. It could be something that just drops into your consciousness by the Spirit. So so don't don't box the Holy Spirit in particularly in your private prayer time, uh, you know, be open to allow him to work however he desires to work in that way. And as I mentioned to you last week, sometimes uh, you may not know for several days what you were praying about, 
and the Holy Spirit will bring that revelation to you. So it might not be instantaneous in your private prayer time, but just trust the Holy Ghost. Just trust the Holy Spirit as you pray in the Spirit. And, it, and I'll say it to you this way. This is kind of blunt, but I'll say it to you this way. If it's any of your business, he'll let you know. Okay. All right. Now, here's the third utterance gift, and that is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. And this is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Or So if you speak English, a word of prophecy would be in English. Or if you spoke Spanish, a word of prophecy could be in Spanish. Whatever your known tongue or language is, the gift of prophecy is a supernatural utterance in an unknown, or in a known tongue, rather, excuse me. Now, uh, you're there in 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 3. And the simple gift of prophecy will always meet this, this criteria right here. Okay? Verse 3 says this. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to people, to men. Okay? So the simple gift of prophecy will always bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. The simple gift of prophecy will never be pronouncing doom over somebody, bringing correction to somebody, any of that type of thing, it will always be to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. All right? Now, the simple gift of prophecy varies and differs greatly from the office of the prophet found in Ephesians chapter 4, where we see the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Just because the Lord might use you in the simple gift of prophecy does not make you a prophet. So please do not go print your business cards with prophet so-and-so on them, okay? Entirely different, all right? And the, the office of the prophet functions in a different way. You know, one thing that just really concerns me uh, about some things that I see in the body of Christ today is I see a lot of people that pick up titles and offices that really number one, don't qualify for that office, or number two, uh, aren't anointed and gifted supernaturally to function in that office, okay? Um, and so, you know, I, we, we need to watch that and not allow or, or not think just because God uses us in a particular way in the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit that, that we qualify for an office. It's, it's something entirely different, okay? And I'll just, let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, anybody ever grown up in a church environment where, and particularly during the summertime, you always had a revival? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. What, what, who was it that they always bring in to preach at that revival? Was it an evangelist? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, well, let me let you know something, okay? Because if you look at the scriptures and study the ministry gift of the evangelist, the evangelist is primarily not sent to minister to Christians. The evangelist is gifted and anointed to minister to the lost. And therefore, you will find it in, in, in a true spirit-filled evangelist ministry, you'll find at least two of the three action gifts or, um, let me say it this way, gifts of healings, working of miracles, and special faith. You'll find two, at least two, of those three gifts at work in that person's ministry all the time, okay? If they are truly an evangelist. Now listen, you can be a soul winner and just as a believer. I mean, you can go out and win people to Jesus as a believer. But an evangelist is going to have gifts of healings, working of miracles, and special faith in operation in their ministry on a consistent basis. Just like um, a prophet, somebody who's called to the fivefold ministry gift of the prophet, 
is going to have at least two of the three revelation gifts functioning in their ministry all the time. Okay? Not just a hit or miss type thing. I'm talking about on a consistent basis. So that's just a couple of examples. But, but I want you to understand this gift of prophecy is very, very vital. It's very important. And, it, and, it's, and it's something that the Holy Spirit desires to, to uh, have happen in the body of Christ, but it's going to fit within edification, exhortation, and comfort. All right? Now, um, in the simple gift of prophecy, there's no revelation. All right? You know, somebody comes up and gives you uh, a prophetic word. All right, and that's what they call it, but it's actually a misnomer. All right, because here's what they'll endeavor to do is to share with you, and I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm just saying they'll endeavor to share with you a supernatural revelation that the Holy Ghost has revealed to them. All right, which may happen, but that's not prophecy. Okay, are you following me? I haven't lost you, have I? Okay, no. all right, so the gift of prophecy is the greatest of the three utterance gifts. Now here's why, and let me explain, okay? The gift of prophecy is the greatest of the three utterance gifts because it equals the other two combined. Okay, think about it this way. You have diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues, which will bring exit, uh, edification, exhortation, and comfort, but you have two parts to it. Gift, uh, the, the, the message in tongues, the interpretation of tongues to bring the end result. Whereas the gift of prophecy combines both of those and just brings the end result of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay. So I'm not saying it's more important. I'm just saying it's, it's actually greater because it combines the other two. All right. Does that make sense to you? Okay. All right. Now, uh, that's why Paul said in first Corinthians 14, one, look at back up a couple verses to 14, one, he said, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Notice he didn't say, you know, desire that, uh, especially that you may you know, give a message in tongues. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's vital and it's important, but, but Paul was speaking by the Holy Ghost saying that we ought to desire to prophesy. In verse 39 of that same chapter, he said this, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, but don't forbid to speak with tongues. Okay, so he wants that gift in operation but again, understanding that it is a combination of the other two, okay? So God desires for all present in an environment to be blessed by this gift. Now, I'm going to use a couple of words here and listen to me carefully. With prophecy, the gift of prophecy, there is forth-telling, but not foretelling, Okay. In other words, there is a speaking forth, but there's not foretelling. A, a somebody that's just functioning in the, the simple gift of prophecy is not going to tell you a whole bunch of future events because that's not the gift of prophecy. All right. You'll find out what that is in just a little bit. Okay. The gift of prophecy goes beyond speaking by our own reasoning and, and our own intellect. Okay. Um, now I'm gonna, I hope I don't throw you by this, but sometimes the simple gift of prophecy can be involved in preaching. Cause think about what the simple gift of prophecy is. It's a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. I've had times when I've been preaching and teaching as a pastor and, and see if you've ever heard something like this before. I'll, I'll, I'll get ready to say something and I'll preface it by, I don't know who this is for, but this isn't in my notes, but I know this is for somebody here. And I will say whatever it is that's coming up out of my spirit, 
Well, that's an inspired supernatural utterance in a known tongue. That is a form of the simple gift of prophecy, okay? Because God is endeavoring to speak to someone specifically that's in that environment, okay? Now, uh, it may be involved if you are out witnessing or sharing with someone because you might be inspired to share something specifically with someone. You might be used in this way. Um, you know, I know you don't know who I am, but the Lord just laid a scripture on my heart to share with you. Okay. And you tell them the scripture and, and you know, it, it, hopefully it's a, it's a blessing to them. Well, that's an inspired utterance in your known tongue. Okay. So what the Holy Spirit did is he brought something up out of your spirit and desires for you to deliver that and minister. And here's what it does. It brings edification, exhortation, or comfort. You know, there have been times when, uh, you know, God has uh, laid something on my heart to share with somebody. And, uh, you know, it might be something as simple as, hey, and, you know, listen, I don't, I'm not a, a weirdo at the grocery store. Okay. I don't, you know, just walk up to people unless the Lord tells me to. But, you know, it might be something as simple as this. The Lord wanted me to tell you that he loves you today. And, you know, he is very, very near to you. And 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 that will bring comfort to someone. You, They might be going through a situation and God is wanting to minister to them to reveal to them that he is real, he knows who they are, and he loves them. What's that doing? It's bringing edification, exhortation, and comfort, and it was an inspired supernatural utterance in my known tongue. Let me ask you a question. If I just walked up to somebody in the grocery store and I just started speaking in tongues to them, is that going to bless them? <laughs> no. No, I'm probably going to get the cops called on me, okay, because that's weird. Okay. And by the way, let me say this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are. All right. So always keep that in mind. The Holy Spirit doesn't do weird things. People do weird things. Now he might do something unusual, but he will package it in a way where it's not weird. Because here's what weird does. Weird draws attention to you, the weird person. Okay. All right, just keep that in mind. Not that anybody on this Bible study is weird. All right, you're not. No, I don't have any weird people on here. Aren't you glad? Okay. Yes. All right, so um, the simple gift of prophecy in private prayer uh, can work in your, your private time as well. Okay. Um, you might, it might not be a, a situation where you're interpreting what you're praying in the spirit. It could be that the Lord just ministers something to you and, uh, you know, brings a scripture up out of your spirit, uh, or, you know, gives you some insider direction and, and you know, it's from the Holy ghost and it's in your known tongue. Well, that could be the simple gift of prophecy in operation in your private prayer life. Just make a note of this scripture. We won't turn there for the sake of time, but Ephesians chapter five, uh, verses 18 and 19. We looked at this last week. I touched on it, I believe. Paul wrote and he said this, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit. Anybody ever, uh, you know, just been caught up in worship and you got a song that you had never heard before and you used in worship to the Lord? I know I have. Well, that is a form of the simple gift of prophecy, okay? It's an inspired utterance in your known tongue, all right? Y'all good so far? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, all right, let's keep moving. Let's talk about the revelation gifts for a few minutes. The revelation gifts. So let's talk about the first one, which is the gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of the word of knowledge and it is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. It is supernatural revelation 
by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. One more time. It's a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. Okay? Um, I've had situations to where I've been ministering and the Lord would reveal to me a fact. Well, let me give you a great illustration. I was invited, this was several years ago, I was invited uh, to minister at a ladies' meeting. And um, it was kind of cool because I was the only guy there. And um, it was a joke. So I set up a kissing booth outside instead of a book table. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Never mind. All right. No, let me get back to my story. So I was invited to speak, and uh, one of the ladies in leadership at this particular meeting, um, I knew she was pregnant. Okay. And, uh, you know, I had a personal relationship with she and her husband, and I knew she was pregnant. But after I got through ministering, the Lord said for me, and so this, what you're getting ready to hear is a combination of a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. But he said for me to tell her that the baby inside her, she will be a mighty woman used of God. Okay. Now, first of all, she and her husband were the only ones that knew the sex of the baby. They had not told anybody, not even their own family members. And so this was a fact that was known in the heart and the mind of God, and God revealed that to me so that I could use that fact to minister to her, and again, to bring comfort and edification to her and let her know that, that God had his hand in this child's life. Now, the word of wisdom, uh, and we'll talk about this in, in maybe later on, but the word of wisdom has to do with the future, okay? So the word of knowledge was that this was a baby girl. The word of wisdom was that she will be a mighty woman used of God, okay? And by the way, that little girl is uh, 20 years old now, okay? So anyway... Now, what's interesting is about the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, let me ask you a question. In most cases, does a word make up a complete sentence? No. Mm -mm. Okay. It can, you know, like if you asked me a question and I said yes, I mean, that's a sentence, but... It's not a very informative sentence at all, okay? Uh, what do you often think about somebody that answers you with one-word sentences? Okay, either there's something they don't want me to know or they're not wanting to talk or something. Here's my point. A word is a fragment of a bigger piece of information, okay? Mm -hmm. So a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom is always going to be a fragment, not a complete picture, not a complete sentence. So when the Holy Spirit reveals to us a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, it's only going to be a fraction. It's going to be a small part. It's going to be just a portion of, of the big picture that, of course, God knows in its entirety. Okay? Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. When we are used by the Holy Spirit to minister to someone with the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom, one of the reasons that God does it that way is to keep us in faith and to keep them in faith. Now, um, if, God, if God used you or me or whoever, to minister to someone and we gave them everything from A to Z, then faith is not required anywhere in there. Because you just laid out for them all of the facts, every bit of information, and so all they have to do is sit around and wait for it to happen. 
Okay. But what God does is he gives us little pieces so that we'll have just enough that we can grab a hold of that. But then we have to stand in faith for the fullness of what we're endeavoring to believe for and what he's spoken to us about. Okay. So the word is, is a fragmentary part of a sentence, just like the word of knowledge is a fragmentary small part of the complete knowledge that God has of that situation. Now, the word of knowledge can come through several different means. All right. It can come through just an inward revelation. We've seen, we can see in the new Testament where the word of knowledge can be ministered to you, uh, by an angel. We can see that the word of knowledge can be revealed to you in a dream. The word of knowledge can be revealed to you in tongues and interpretation. It can happen a number of different ways, but it is always, and again, I cannot emphasize this enough, always as the Holy Spirit wills, not as we will. Man, I, you know, I sure wish that there were, that I could control some things like this, okay? You know, I, just out of compassion for people, there are times that I wish I could step into some of these things whenever I wanted to, to help people. Okay, but it happens only as the Holy Spirit wills and he desires. Okay, let me give you an example. You know, uh, the power gifts. Uh, you know, I wish I could walk into the hospital right now, go downtown to CMC Maine and go to the Levine Children's Hospital and just, you know, step into the working of miracles and gifts of healings and empty that thing. I would love to be able to do that. Okay just out of compassion for those families and those precious children that are dealing with cancer and those illnesses. I would love to be for that to happen, but you know what? It's not as I will. It's as the Holy ghost wills. Okay. Now there's some things that I can do now. I could go in there if they let me, you know, and pray the prayer of faith over children and minister to them in that way. Uh, you know, and of course, uh, that's valid and that's important. Um, but it's very, very important to remember that these things work as the Holy Spirit desires for them to work. Now, um, let's go look at, uh, real quick in the time that we have left, I've got a couple of minutes. Look at second Kings, go back with me to second Kings chapter five in the old Testament. And this is what I meant. This is an example of what I meant about the gifts of the spirit that worked in the old Testament. Second uh, Kings chapter five. We're going to look at a story. Now, how many of you remember the story of <coughs> Naaman, the Syrian that came down and um, Elisha ministered to him, told him to go uh, wash in the Jordan River. Remember he had leprosy. Elisha told him to go and washing the Jordan River seven times and he'd come up healed and he got mad, okay? Well, he ended up obeying what Elisha told him, went and dipped in the Jordan River and did get healed. And so he brought a bunch of gifts that he wanted to give the prophet. And Elisha uh, declined the gifts, okay? But then we read where Gehazi, who was Elisha's servant, decided he wanted some of those gifts. And so he went and chased down Naaman and his whole entourage and told him that Elisha changed his mind. And so he took some of the stuff and brought it back and hid it in his tent. Okay. So what we have here in verse 25 of chapter five is something that happens. Um, Now he went in, now uh, Gehazi went in and stood before his master, Elisha. And Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? Now, I, a word of advice, it's not helpful to lie to a prophet. Okay, just, just saying. And he said, Gehazi said, your servant did not go anywhere. 
Then Elisha said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? And therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, Gehazi went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. Okay? Mm. Now, here's my point. How did Elisha know that? Well, the only way he could have known that is if God revealed it to him. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this was a word of knowledge that was ministered to the prophet yet even under the Old Testament, but we see that this is what happened. Now, go with me real quick, because i got to quit, up to Acts chapter 9, please. In the book of Acts chapter 9, and let's look through at 10 through 12, Acts chapter 9. 9 verses 10 through 12. Just a couple of examples of the word of knowledge. Acts 10 or 9 10 says this Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Now notice this is in a vision. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. So what do we have here? We have something that is known to God and God revealed it to Ananias so that Ananias could go and minister to who we know as Paul, uh, but then he was still Saul of Tarsus. So God revealed by the Holy Spirit this fact to Ananias so that he could go and minister to Paul. Okay, now there are many others in the New Testament uh, that we won't take time to look at, okay? But it's actually, I'm way over my time, so I actually need to stop. I tell you what, Alan and Judy held us up for a couple of minutes, so can we go a couple of minutes more? <laughs> Is that all right with y'all? Well, you're the one that tried to squeeze us out by changing them. Well, doggone it, you, you figured it out anyway. I mean, you got on anyway, okay. All right, let's, let's talk about one more. Let's just get it introduced, all right? And I touched on this. The second revelation gift is called the Word of Wisdom. The word of wisdom. And here's the definition. It's a little lengthy, but I'll give it to you. It's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purposes and plans in the mind and will of God. Let me give it to you a couple of times a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purposes and plans in the mind and will of God. One more time. It's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purposes and plans in the mind and will of God. Now again, uh, as I said to you earlier, the difference between the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom is that the word of knowledge is always present tense or concerning something that has happened in the past. The word of wisdom is pertaining to things in the future. Okay? Now, here's where why I said that the gift of prophecy does not have any foretelling in it because the word of wisdom is where foretelling comes in. In other words, where God reveals future events yet to happen. That takes place in the word of wisdom. But the simple gift of prophecy is not the word of wisdom. It's different. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, um, 
Let me ask you a question. Anybody ever heard of the guy named Joseph in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you remember he had a couple of dreams? Mm -hmm. Okay. What were those dreams about? Just in a general nutshell, what were those dreams about? Were they about past things? Future. Future events. He had Future. dreams that were telling what was going to happen according to the will, plan, and purpose of God. Okay? Now, so even in the Old Testament, this was a form of the word of wisdom. Because Joseph wasn't a prophet. This was just a simple word of wisdom. Now, where Joseph messed up, and this is where we got to be careful sometimes. Let me say it to you in the negative sense, okay? If you, if you want the Holy Spirit to stop revealing stuff to you, blab it and go tell everybody about it. Where Joseph messed up is he should have kept his mouth shut about what God was revealing to him. Okay? He, did, he had no business going and revealing those things to his brothers and his father. He should have kept it to himself and let God bring it to pass. Okay? But thank God for his grace and his mercy. You know, the Lord kept dealing with Joseph. And, uh, of course, we know the end of the story that he, he became a very, very powerful man. But, again, this is an Old Testament example of the word of wisdom where it pertained to future events. Okay? All right. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll stop right there. And I'll pick up right here next week. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.